friends, and welcome to the dimension of our midnight cake. I am Soltis, and joining me in the nexus between realities are my fellow trans-dimensional beings, Beaches, Doug, and Lumberdor. And for this venture into the nexus, we will be hanging out to discuss one of the most exciting movies in recent memory, Godzilla vs. Kong. It is fantastic. <laughs> the, the spectacle of giant monsters fighting each other has... It's really never looked so good as it has in this movie. The music is wonderful. The CGI is on point. The monsters have character and their battles are both brutal and interesting. There are so many things to love about this movie. And what's more, it is fun. The movie is a sequel to both Kong Skull Island and Godzilla King of the Monsters and is Legendary's fourth Monsterverse movie. If I remember correctly, I think this also marks the 36th film in the Godzilla franchise, the 12th film in the King Kong franchise, and the fourth Godzilla film to be completely produced by a Hollywood studio. Um, it is also directed by Adam Wingard, with whom I am not familiar. So Doug, you are the resident Adam Wingard fan who directed Godzilla versus Kong. What else has he done? He did the, the new Blair Witch movie. I don't know if you saw, any of you guys saw that. Um, I have not. It goes back to like its found footage roots. It's really good, actually. It's really good. Um, it was, you know, they had it like uh, under a working title of like The Woods it was or something like that. And then it was revealed to be a Blair Witch. And so that's really good. Uh, the Guest is one he did. Oh, I'm blinking on the dude's name. It's the guy that he's in um, that weird British PBS show. <laughs> people watch he was also the beast in the remake of beauty and the beast the live action ron anyway, he stars no, no. <laughs> that did you, not that did you say ron perlman <laughs> i did <laughs> <laughs> that was the that was the tv show with linda hamilton yeah. um but he directed this movie called the guest that had him in it and it is awesome it is super cool and then he did oh man i'm blinking and it's my favorite one <laughs> Because the guest, he was in one of the uh, shorts in the VHS series. His short was definitely the best one, in my opinion. I don't know if you guys have seen the VHS compilation, uh, horror compilations, but those are a lot of fun. I've seen at least two um, of them. Oh, you're next. That's it. I love your next. That was my introduction to him. You know, it. it you think it's going to be like a typical home invasion movie, but he always has this way of like just making things stylish, subverting expectations some. You know, uh, that was a movie where Barbara Crampton came back. It was kind of like her re-entry into the genre. That's mm. another one. I think that's on Amazon Prime right now, boys. So I would recommend okay. your next. It's okay. really cool. It's really cool. But he has a good sense of action. He just has this way of putting scenes together that I just really, really like. You know, I, I, there's a reason I think all the fight scenes in this movie were so good. <laughs> so, but he's, he's mostly done horror movies and things like that. Yeah, the stuff I've seen from him has all been horror, pretty much. You know, something like The Guest kind of bridges a gap of kind of like thriller action, but I just call them horror movies. I mean, it gets pretty brutal. So, <laughs> but something okay. like your next straight up a horror movie, uh, the VHS series, he actually starred in his entry in that. It's really, it's really cool. Those are fun little anthology movies. And uh, his entry in that was super cool. It was all from like a first person perspective. And of course, Blair Witch is big time. 
horror. So it's one of the better um, found footage movies I've seen for sure. And again, I don't, I, you know, I watch it and I'm like, how the heck did he film this? I don't know how he put stuff together the way he does. So, but I'm definitely a fan. I was excited that he directed this. I'm sure that I've seen some of the things that he's directed before, but I, I wasn't familiar with the name, but people seem to be getting excited over it, over him directing Godzilla versus Kong, which I think so far has been the best of the giant monster movies that we've had recently. Oh gosh. I, I watched all of these movies this week. Okay. <laughs> Cause I had not seen them. Yeah. And I watched, I have watched four Kaiju movies. That first one, I just did not get, dude. I didn't get it. Well, no, well it, it wasn't much of a Godzilla movie. After seeing Godzilla vs. Kong, I kind of appreciate the, uh, the uh, 2014 version a little more. I was going to say my favorite one up until this point wasn't actually connected with these. It was the, uh, the Shin Godzilla. Oh, interesting. That, that okay. one was a cool one, I thought, too. Yeah. I mean, I don't <laughs> want to get way into Godzilla vs. Kong yet, but... A lot of Godzilla in this movie was just Godzilla doing what Godzilla does purely. Yeah. I think. And I mean, like it or hate it, that's pretty much what happened in the 2014 one. <laughs> it did make for the greatest movie, but I, I kind of appreciate what they did with it now. What are all the movies in this kind of... The, this cinematic universe? You have 2014's Godzilla and then 2016's uh, Skull Island. Yeah, the yeah. Kong Skull Island. Then I believe uh, King of the Monsters came out in 2019. Yep. yep. That sounds and right. So now we have. And honestly, if if you can leave out, and I, I, it sounds like we none of us would have trouble leaving out the first Godzilla, the 2014 mm -hmm. entry. Um, At least the first hour. I feel like Skull <laughs> Island. <laughs> Skull Island and King of the Monsters and this movie make a pretty good little trilogy. Yeah, yeah Skull, I, I, I loved agree. Skull Island. I it was Skull it was Island good quite a yeah. bit. I felt like it had the strongest. Um, I'll call it a wraparound story and <laughs> the strongest like human story out of the out of the, <laughs> the three. Such Skull. as such as you can have in in movies such as this in a movie yeah. like this. Yeah, and that's why I was excited about Adam Wingard. I feel like you know he knows how to do genre movies. I guess is what I would say about him. All of his movies are decidedly like fitting in a genre if you know what i mean it's he knows how to play yeah. it amp it up play it up yeah in the opening credit sequence of godzilla versus kong you have the fight bracket basically of all the mm -hmm. the monsters that you know godzilla has defeated and all the monsters that kong has defeated and then they <laughs> they're brought together <laughs> not as big a bracket for kong if you noticed I like that you have all these monsters with creative names based on legends and things. And then we're still calling the ones from 2014 Mutos, which I believe was a massive unidentified terrestrial organism. <laughs> so nobody really tried very hard with that one's name. <laughs> but there it is. <laughs> we even kept Skullcrawler, yeah, which I, I, man, I, yeah. I, as I recall, was supposed to be a joke, right? Yeah, I like to. He was I like, it sounds so. stupid. It sounds stupid when you say it, is what he said. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, it's the first time I've said it on my. <laughs> so, Godzilla versus Kong. I think it delivered exactly what I expected from the trailer. And that you got a giant gorilla fighting a giant lizard dragon thing. And it was awesome. 
I really yeah. enjoyed that aspect. I didn't expect anything from the human characters and they were all auxiliary anyway. The whole kids <laughs> traveling thing really reminded me of the Rugrats, you know, like the, the, the parent loses track of their kids. They somehow get transported to this other place and and save the day without their parents knowing that they're even there. But they're like at the end, they're like, oh, there you were the whole time in another country. Oh, they were just there okay. for to give Millie Bobby Brown something to do. Honestly, yeah. the human human MVP, I think, was the Gia character. Is that the, the little girl? The, the little girl. Yeah, she. I like. I, I think her that a was lot. an interesting thing to do with Kong instead of the uh, the the usual Kong like beautiful lady. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, so yes. in distress. I'm glad they yeah. stayed away from that. In in Skull Island, they stayed away from that. In this, they stayed away from that. I, I like I like the way they approached it by. The sign language threw me. I thought that was a cool little twist. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was interesting too. I don't know how a little girl teaches a giant gorilla sign language who's under constant surveillance in the the Hunger Games dome, whatever that was. There was there was but, a sort of a visual Truman Show dome. Yeah, there was a sort of a visual cue because I heard that argument this week. That's you know how could she have done that and then not know about it. Uh, they did show her sort of running behind a camera in the opening, so maybe she knew how to avoid these things. Mm. <laughs> hmm. High intellectual cinema, this is not. But no, no, <laughs> and and like, like I said, I, I didn't, I didn't expect anything at all from the one-dimensional human characters that were involved. I just wanted to watch Godzilla and King Kong fight, and they did, and it was awesome, and I loved that, and that's why I really enjoy this movie not because it had you know intricate plot developments or wonderful character arcs because i don't think anybody has a has an arc in this film no so do we do we just need to jump right into what we think of the fight then let's jump right in you know i feel like at the end of king of monsters like i watched that and godzilla is like untouchable he's like emanating mm-hmm. like thermonuclear and like melting good good what Ghidorah. Yes, mm-hmm. melting yes. monster zero. And I'm just like, how are they even gonna, you know? And so they introduce the axe. Yeah. And I was a massive fan of the axe as a, a thermonuclear <laughs> axe as an equalizer. And it's it's so cool to have the concept of him being able to make tools and do things like that as like his competitive advantage, if you will. Yeah. I thought that was really, really neat. And watching him jump around the city and move through it like it's a jungle. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen that really in a Kong movie, at least to like this extent. I mean, he's swinging on skyscrapers and vaulting off buildings to punch him in the face. And I totally love, awesome. Um, with like most nighttime fight scenes in a city, it's all dark and gray and mm-hmm. some fire going around. And I loved how they brought in the neon lights of the city. Yes. It just... It was the most beautiful fight scene I've seen because of all the colors. <laughs> that was colors. a very pretty fight scene. And, you know, you know, they're taking out buildings and the dust is creating these other like lighting effects and stuff. It's just really well done and mm-hmm. lights the crazy, angry monsters in, in the best way to see mm-hmm. all the carnage. Definitely. That's part of why I like Skull Island is I've, I felt like in some of the Godzilla movies, they're almost too dark. Uh, okay. were going on and i would have to argue that the better way to light them was with light which they did <laughs> the, there was an actual fight mm-hmm. in the sun in yes, the sun that too. yes what a thought 
there are what what three major fights in the in the movie mm-hmm. where in the beginning they're transporting kong off skull island and then godzilla finds them kong and godzilla fight and they jump around on the various ships and fleets and they use an aircraft carrier as a wrestling ring and you know and nobody cares about all the people that have died, you know, the the, the entire right. aircraft carrier yep. sinks, and and there there isn't even a line like, oh, that sucked. All those guys are dead, but <laughs> they're just amazed that they're jumping from ship to ship. Yeah, that's, that's the main <laughs> plot of that, it makes which was fantastic. Think, did, you, did you ever see the deleted scene in Austin Powers when, like, you know, the henchman gets flattened by a steamroller, and then there's a whole scene where they call his his wife and kid to like tell them that he died at work. <laughs> No, I didn't see that. <laughs> and the so. kids like stop. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, all those people died. Okay, well, yeah. we'll tell their families. Maybe they'll figure it out when they don't come home. They'll figure it out. So the plot, as far as you know, such as it is for this movie, is there's a guy who wants to gain access to this power source that's at the center of the earth. And they decide that King Kong might be a good way to go about it to direct them to that. So they take Kong off the island, transport him to Antarctica to go through a portal to get to the center of the earth, which is hollow and also apparently has a sun somewhere. And the gravity is reversed. Gravity is reversed and except for when it isn't. And... (laughs) Look... The earth is not hollow, it's flat, and we all know it. <laughs> Jeez. It's flat, so it can't be hollow. Come on. It's just layered like a cake. Well, so maybe it's flat in your dimension. <laughs> right. Like right. an onion. My outside <laughs> the nexus, like... it is flat. Oh. Despite the crazy journey to get there, I did enjoy, once they finally got into the center of the earth, um, I thought the visuals were really cool, and oh yeah, the, the visuals were really cool. Brought back a lot of stuff from previous movies, like hints of monsters and new creatures and stuff. I thought that was really neat. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, the physics make absolutely no sense trying to figure it out. So, so you just have to accept that this is how it works, and yeah, <laughs> and go with it. Reasons. And there's reasons. And then, what happens? Kong finds a temple that I guess his people built, and. Yeah. And with the thermonuclear axe, axe. With yeah. a thermal nuclear mm-hmm. axe used, and the blade is a dorsal plate from another Godzilla monster. And it's also a key to power something, the, the power source or whatever you to access the power source. Because why not? And, and it also like <laughs> charges Godzilla as well, it seems. It's like a, a switch. Or or, or is, is charged by Godzilla. Yeah, some some kind of something going on there. So they're yin and yang, mm-hmm. Godzilla and Kong. Mm-hmm say maybe maybe the idea is that at some point there was a war between kongs and godzillas over this power source and while all this is going on godzilla is is angry and he's rampaging around and people don't know what's going on i i like to call this part of the story detective godzilla because he's investigating these (laughs) he's investigating these apparently uh titan s signal yeah, the energy <laughs> sources that are, yeah. Weird energies that are coming from this lab. And he just shows up and destroys everything. Mm-hmm. And people are like, holy crap, what's going on? They should have Godzilla's the attacking whistle us now. If they didn't want Godzilla to come. <laughs> yeah. And in the midst of his investigations, he aims his atomic breath 
straight down and blasts a hole to the center of the earth that the people can now escape through. Yes. Never mind whatever portal they had to go through before. They can just I love that there. Because <laughs> he, he does that and then he just looks down and he's like, bring it. <laughs> looks looks down the giant portal through the through the earth. It's like bring it. This is very nitpicky of me. Yeah. When Kong and Godzilla are facing off in Hong Kong. And Godzilla finally does get an atomic blast from his breath. Because every time, you know, Kong just, just has a counter for what's going on. You, you can see Godzilla trying to, just trying to blast his face. He's like, nope, smash, nope, smash. And, but anyway, when he finally does get a blast off and Kong's able to repel it with the axe or, and, and he's just scooched back a little bit as he's mm-hmm. going. <laughs> you just drilled through a planet. How can you, but he's just... I don't know. It, it, it's uh, yeah, it's magic, and it absorbs the force or something. I, I don't know. It, I couldn't help but think about that in the back of my mind as this is going on. It's like holy crap. <laughs> I get the same feeling though with like Captain America's shield. You know, it's so this powerful thing in the early movies, and then you keep going, and all this other craziness keeps happening, and it's it's kind of just a. Uh, it's a it's a shield at that point, just prop. You know, there's so much mm-hmm. going on. Well, you always yeah. have these things. You have like uh, powerful items, and then these powerful powers. And nobody making these movies really has thought about how powerful each. There's no limits or no science behind it. So you no, don't know. It, it, it makes for great what, visuals. Yes, mm-hmm. but you don't know if he blasts a building with his atom- atomic breath. You know, and it takes a few seconds for that to happen but then it takes about as much time for him to drill to the center of the earth. Maybe that's just him pushing harder. With uh, Kong's knowledge of, of weapons and everything, and you can see him thinking, he's he's obviously caught on to the fact, too, fact that Godzilla, when he charges up, charges up you know, his, his glow effect kind of goes up through his tail. He's like, oh, he's powering up, so better, <laughs> better block the attack. Yeah, he's, he's got to tell. That's right, he's mm-hmm. got to tell. Mm-hmm. That's his tell. Signaling to the world, look out. <laughs> I will say, I think you had, had mentioned it, Beaches, which I didn't know before. Was it in King of the Monsters with Mothra to where there's that big final scene and he like Godzilla shoots out the, the fire breath or whatever and you can see Mothra. Oh, again. yes, I showed that to you. Yeah. Uh, you, you can see the Mothra effects in his, big, uh, in his giant atomic blast there at the end. Yeah, and I hadn't noticed that before, and I thought that was really cool. Oh, I had seen the movie several times and not noticed it until I watched a little behind-the-scenes featurette. And so he's obviously got that Mothra power still as, as part of him, too. Um, he's he's got the happened. essence of Mothra working for him. It's poetic, you know? Yeah. Okay. My favorite part in the first fight was that you've got um, just ships full of uh, trained naval people. And the, the Godzilla expert, no, the, the, the Kong expert says, there's got to be a way we can distract Kong. And she suddenly yells depth charges. And somebody, <laughs> somebody goes, yes, let's do that. <laughs> she, she's in command of this. <laughs> well, I, I suppose command, you know, shifts depending on, <laughs> on the situation. And what I mean, the you don't want to do it like, you know, other boat movies where like, Life drafts, and you know that's how you distract Godzilla. Yeah. <laughs> Women and children first. Ooh, chew toys. <laughs> <laughs> like little rubber ducks or something. <laughs> I just, they, they, could, they could have given this line to any one of these people, you know, and, mm-hmm. including yeah. the guy who seems to be in command of the ship. <laughs> 
Nope. <laughs> Screw it. Rebecca, Rebecca Hall seems to know what she's doing. Sign of, oh, <laughs> this had better work. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so if, if Godzilla kills everybody, you know, that that scientist guy or who, whatever, it will be in big trouble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm going to power down, but hey, <laughs> he better not kill us. <laughs> it feels like um, I kept thinking when I watch these movies, I always think of the movie Independence Day. Oh, like another fantastic. Yeah. You know? I just think of like Goldblum like slides into the White House, like, look, I know what's going on. They're like, listen, let's listen to this random yeah. computer guy. He's wearing glasses. That's the way it feels in this movie when like um, one of these researchers or I don't know, a 17 year old or whoever it may be suggests military action. They're like, yeah, okay, let's try it. The, the real it. world's not too far off from that, though, too, though. So it's believable. They found that podcaster yeah. guy in like five, <laughs> no, nobody five knows minutes. what they're doing. I, I know, yeah. like the the entire the entirety the of the entire all world of... can't find him, and they walk into one <laughs> restaurant mm-hmm. at their grocery store. Yeah, he's like, I know that guy. Yeah, oh, he's that guy. It's like infiltrating the government. Yeah, because all store clerks know where all their customers live. Yeah. I liked with his character that he um. He he. Uh, when we first meet him, he, he yells at the guy to not eat the apple, right? Yeah. GMOs and all that. So mm-hmm. uh, at that moment, we're led to believe that he's a conspiracy theory kook, right? And then as soon as the guy leaves, he eats the apple, which I think is supposed to be funny, but it also completely ignores the fact that for the rest of the movie, he seems to still be this conspiracy theory kook. I didn't know whether he was just trying to be super annoying to get the guy out. And, yeah. and he that's, definitely and that's, was. Well, yeah, and, and that's and that's what he targeted on was the apple, even though he himself may not believe all that about apples. But I, and I, yeah, I don't you know. Kinda, you you kind of take him as a character that that does. Yeah, showers with bleach. I believe they said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that whole thing. Oh my like, goodness! I didn't I didn't catch on exactly what was going on with that. I was like, wait a minute. I I believe all the Godzilla stuff, but what is this showering with bleach? <laughs> 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 It's the only way I can feel pure. <laughs> right. <laughs> Cleanses the bones. Human characters, not the strong suit, not the strong part of this movie. But um, and everything that they do, Millie Bobby Brown and that kid from Deadpool, who Deadpool, yeah, yeah, I, who I did not recognize at first, and I thought was a girl. But no. it was nice to see him uh, him get to do something a little different after the Deadpool and the. The Wilder People movie. Yeah, his other characters were. Oh, more ha- angry. have you seen him in the Christmas Chronicles? Isn't yeah, the Christmas like Chronicles that? two. He's in the sequel. He plays. I didn't know there was an angry a elf. Oh, that no. he's still pretty much himself. The same character though. Yeah, I've only yeah, seen basically. ten minutes of that movie, and he's yeah. totally still that guy. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I do enjoy enjoy him though. He, I remember telling I, people after like seeing him in Deadpool too that he was basically just his character from Hunt for the Wilder People. Yeah, he was. I feel bad for his character in this movie. He's completely getting taken advantage of by Millie Bobby Brown's character. What are you even doing? Why would you, you hang around this with this relationship, person? buddy? Yeah, like you need to before you sort before out your you love King Kong, you gotta love yourself. That's right. Yeah. You gotta love yourself. Actually, some kind of crush there, possibly. And it starts <laughs> off by her stealing his van. You would think, that. You would think that, but then yeah, I didn't. I didn't get that at all. No, I thought that's where it was initially, but I didn't get it yeah. throughout the movie. I was like, oh, of course he's 
putting up with all this because he's interested in Billy Bobby Brown's character. I, I can't yeah. even remember the, what, what's her character's name. Millie Bobby Brown. Ah, uh, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a number. I'm gonna go with seventy-two. Seventy-two. <laughs> yeah, eleven from Stranger Things. <laughs> yes, eleven. Or forty-two. Madison. The answer yes. to. <laughs> life the universe she's she's millie Madison. bobby brown from godzilla king of the monsters <laughs> yes which her ability to survive these attacks is is Maddie. quite amazing I mean, uh, she, yeah well she has her plot armor on yeah. i really only had one human character that i hated i mean i i can i can accept <laughs> the human characters for for what they are in these movies sort of a means to an end i guess to take us where the monsters are going was um, it the the rich guy's daughter yes yeah don't you hate those characters and you know that all they are is to give us something you know someone can get eaten and we don't feel bad about it yeah Yeah. i was like this person deserved this yes (laughs) and they totally didn't see it coming because you know they're whatever (laughs) because because nothing at all led us to believe that she would betray them or (laughs) or do anything untoward It may sound like we are being hypercritical of this film, but I I still loved it. I still loved it. Oh, I did too. (laughs) And Uh honestly, uh all the stuff that with the people, it melded so much better than in the previous movies because they really just focused on the monsters. The people were there, but they were. And that's all they were there for was to be there. Yeah. Tropes like that are part of the fun of a movie like this. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So. It's, it's nothing it's nothing that we don't love it's actually those little quirks that we love mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I didn't think about this in through the entire uh king of the monsters film because it was a godzilla movie um but uh, millie Bobby brown's dad was actually in the peter jackson king kong movie yeah uh he was i recognized he, him he was the was he? the male lead of the 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 movie um jack black was making oh i think you're right yeah mm-hmm. he had a much much bigger and i think i think better role <laughs> well yeah he didn't do anything in this movie he was in there for what like two or three scenes well i'm, I'm talking like, about across, across madison where are you madison yeah. contact me hey dad i'm in hong kong oh hey i'm in hong kong <laughs> he should have used his uh early edition newspaper to see all this coming that's right. That's right. <laughs> because that's what I recognize him from originally is is that his future telling newspaper TV show. <laughs> that was I a fun show. He is that guy. Yep. Oh, that's my useless amazing. knowledge to add to this. He, he was he was fun that's, in the comedy. That's movie. a deep cut right there. It is. <laughs> if I can get one more human character out of the way, and then I'm done talking about the humans. The the oddest one to me was the guy who was clearly supposed to be uh, Doctor Serizawa's son from the first two movie, the first uh, Godzilla and King of the Monsters. Oh, who's supposed to pilot the Mecha Godzilla? Yes, yes, but they never do anything with it. Uh, they just introduce him as Serizawa, right. and, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And then he's in the chair. And then there's clearly yeah. somewhere on the cutting room floor. There's a scene with him angry about Godzilla taking his father or something. I don't know. Um, and then the motivation of who is of the guy who is supposed to be the villain. His, his introduction reminded me of the guy from uh, the new Wonder Woman. Uh, Pedro Pascal, actually. Oh, yeah. Friend of the show, Pedro yeah. Pascal. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
It's, what what was his motivation? Was it? It was well, like two, capitalism. We'll beat the Titans. I'm an evil businessman. It was it was to protect humanity because I don't think that anybody can reasonably trust Godzilla to be the defender of the earth. It wasn't even to protect humanity though. Is to it was for that to show that humans were still the most powerful thing on. Yeah, he really just seemed to be incensed at the idea that uh, Godzilla was was uh, on the top of the heap. Yeah. So Lex Luthor motivations yeah. then. Yeah. yeah, Lex Luthor. Rich guy. <laughs> I hate off. Superman wow. because he's an alien. Yes. <laughs> I have a difficult time trying to assign evil intent to this guy. As much as the movie wants to make him the villain, I don't think that he was a villain in, in that sense. No, no, you're right. He's definitely more of a gray area kind of a... He, he, he thinks what he's doing is right. Probably a lot of people would agree with him. More of a secret agenda kind of villain. I do want to talk about Robo or Mech, Robo Mecha Godzilla at some point. Yes, yes. Um, whenever we officially get to that, um, it's it, it's supposed to be kind of this this psionic link between the pilot in the Ghidorah skull skull. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A skull which which I guess still has psionic abilities after it's dead. It's Super very uh, specific yeah. rim from- kind of effect there. Mm-hmm. the linking if yeah. you can take um notes from previous godzilla entries it's it's uh we, there seems to be a history of uh you know even if godzilla's de- defeated down to the bone you know he's still somewhat alive maybe able to recuperate even i think yeah. um which i assume <laughs> would be the same for uh Ghidorah. i don't know but i i thought that, that the whole situation was kind of weird with Ghidorah uh, essence to, floating around in there. Yeah, to, to link the pilot to Mecha Godzilla. And then when everything goes haywire, I guess it's powered by Ghidorah's mind ghost. Yeah, I got the sense that at that point we were dealing with uh like the spirit of Ghidorah. Okay, well that yeah, that, that may as well be a thing that happens in this movie. <laughs> but <laughs> because the movie needs to happen and the fights need to take place, all this stuff happens, so the fights take place. And and then we get really cool fights. And you yes. have Mecha Godzilla with its, with its rocket punches. It's just this big anime fight. And it's awesome. And uh, yes, I love I it so much. Out of everything in the movie, like uh, Mecha Godzilla's design I, was probably the thing I liked least. I don't know why. I just got a very Rock'em Sock'em Robots feel from it. Oh, I but, liked it. I really but liked I, it. I still enjoyed it. It wasn't bad. It's just. Compared to, I guess, compared to what you're already seeing with Godzilla and and Kong, it just didn't seem mm-hmm. to fit. But yeah, it had all these really cool gadgets and you know launched all the missiles and oh, yeah. <laughs> and its little claws that'll that rotate and blast and stuff. And uh, it, it was it's really cool oh, yeah. to watch. Yeah, I love I love the like the spine plating kind of thing he had going on. The way that was like flexing and moving when he was going around and then. I think you mentioned the rocket boosting to attack and all that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was really slick. Yeah. <laughs> and and then poor Godzilla has to fight the Mecha Godzilla, which just, you know, explodes out of the mount out of the side of the mountain. And, you know, just like smashing their face into buildings and <laughs> it was so much fun to watch. A shot from a boardroom of them fighting. Bill's like, ah, my powerpoint got interrupted again something important had better be happening right now <laughs> people had better be dying oh oh 
Oh, oh, people oh, <laughs> are dying. Okay. Billions in property damage, not to mention catastrophic loss of life. But it's very entertaining to watch. <laughs> it is. I like the whole throwback too with the um, the axe, where he was trying, where Kong was trying to shove the axe into um, Godzilla's mouth, like from the old one of the older movies where he's shoving the tree into Godzilla's mouth. I thought that was a nice kind of like throwback. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. I, I didn't catch that when I was watching it, but that's pretty cool. I did enjoy the way that um, the Mecha Godzilla fight concluded when Kong, you know, it's like that fight he was in earlier. It's not enough just to rip off, to kill the thing. He's going to rip off its head and mm-hmm. he's going to eat its brains. <laughs> yeah. So, like, he rips off Mecha Godzilla's head and, like, it's like um, Cyrax and Sector from Mortal Kombat. It's like the oil's pouring, like, blood everywhere. <laughs> I, I like that visual i like it when they give him those um and that's like a thing with kong he doesn't just you know from the uh like the squid fight in skull island yeah yeah he, he consumes what he feels that's right and that happened earlier when they're when they're in the hollow earth you know it's like he kills that thing and he like sucks its brains and stuff out when he's done <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i just i don't just kill you i'm going to rip you apart Oh, I did love that and where he grabbed that uh whatever that flying creature was and he he swung it around and took out the other one with it with its tail. Oh, yeah, it was, awesome. that was great. I believe they were calling them war bats. War for some right. reason. Yeah. War those, bats. those are definitely the Kong touches that I like, or when they throw those things in. Mm-hmm. So I think I like the city fight the most, even though he did kind of die for a little bit. <laughs> Yeah. yeah part of it and he was my favorite i wanted him to destroy everyone <laughs> there's something undeniably cool about a giant radioactive lizard monster that breathes atomic fire and <laughs> just just obliterates everything uh, I, I think that title king of the monsters is well earned for godzilla uh speaking of which where were all the other monsters i wonder too like if there's some kind of connection with that if they make the franchise go forward where that awakened other creatures and stuff because of all these fights and signals that were going on. Just speaking oh, of the franchise going forward, it uh, broke apparently a lot of international records and uh, I just set that up while had the best here. opening since the beginning of the pandemic. 48.5 <laughs> million over five days. Well done. Godzilla versus Kong. It, it is, you know, it is such a fun movie to watch for sure. Yeah, yeah, they pushed back. They pushed back the release of Mortal Kombat. Did you notice that? No, I did. HBO Max pushed to, it back to a give week. to give uh, Kong some space. I think so. Godzilla versus Kong. I think it's to let it sit out there and try to attract more people and, and give it the limelight for longer because it's been so successful. Well, again, well done. Super fun movie. I'd recommend it to anybody who who just wants to watch a fun movie. Absolutely. It I, is I just think that fun. it's just uh, it, it's entertainment. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> which, which I think has been lacking in the entertainment recently. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. It's not following. I mean, you know, we talked about some of the formula to it, like certain kind of characters you expect and stuff, but it's not like it's, it's a different kind of movie, I think, than a lot of stuff that's been coming out, you know, uh, there's been so many like superhero movies and all this kind of stuff. And it's just cool to have like two giant monsters just beating the snot out of each other. Like it's a different kind of thing, <laughs> yeah, you know, grinding their faces along the buildings. And- <laughs> totally. It's, it's just like a spectacle summer movie. I mentioned independence day. That's what mm-hmm. I think of with like spectacle summer movies, you know, 
Yeah, maybe something that's else that was really good it, about this. It gives you what you want. It gives you yeah. what you want from this kind of movie. Uh, something else that was really good about this is that it just ended. Yeah, fight was over yes. and the movie just ended. <laughs> Done. Yes, yes, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Thank you for joining us in the dimension of our Midnight Cave. We hope you'll visit us again. From myself, Lumberdor, Beaches, and Doug, thank you, and good night. <laughs>